All right, we are Cleveland Motor Podcast, and we are running. Uh, to my left, immediately enjoying his uh, taco is Dustin. Dustin. And to his left is Johnny Chrome. And his left back from his uh, hiatus in the world of competitive <laughs> shit wrangling. <laughs> Steve Hoffert. Oh my God! And to his left, Pete Humphrey. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. So, Steve, you have been AWOL. I mean, we have gotten emails, cards, and letters. People are very concerned. What's been up, man? Just been working. I, I work for a municipality. Right. Yeah, um, we're not going to say anything. It's fine. Uh, west of here. But it rhymes with slow business. Yeah. Right. And he, he literally does he, shit detail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, so. of the, because of the changes in the... Attitude of the EPA towards these small, they're called Class A plants. Okay. All these people that never had to have a permit before are required to get a permit. Wow. And so that's what I do on the side. And everybody and their brothers coming out of the woodwork Uh to find a licensed operator and somebody who can actually fix these things. And And get them up to the point where they can get a permit. Right. And and apply for the permit for them. And And these are, and this is all, uh, this is all waste management? Wastewater. Wastewater treatment. And the, the problem is with it. Is that if you didn't, if you haven't worked in that field, right. and you don't have a license, yeah. you're required to. It takes you like a year or two to get a license. Oh, and so there's no way they can play catch up. There's almost no way to get a license if you own the plant and you never did anything right. with it, and there's no documentation of you working on it. Sure. So then, you, if you bring in an, uh, they, they call them ORCs. Right. So if you bring in an ORC. Then you're never going to get the experience, so then you're kind of stuck with this. And I feel sorry for these people because you have a business like a haircutting shop, right? Or a, you know, or a, I mean, a bigger institution can handle paying you the money, but a little shop that's like just barely making money—it's right. almost like a, a few days of pay or a week of pay right. to 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 pay an operator to to watch these plants, and they they have a discharge of maybe a hundred gallons a day. Oh, man. So they call them direct discharge plants, and basically what it is is... It's know, 100 it, gallons it's, of poo a day. Right, it's just, but it's not even that. It's right. gray water and black water. Oh, man, so, that's me and my best day. Yeah. Well, they just <laughs> need to tell the four people who live in that community to, to, if it's yellow, let it mellow. Right. Yeah. They'll cut that down by, a, by two-thirds right away. Dear residents, please do at work. <laughs> yes! Please do at work. This is, this is work. If it's I mean, brown, flush it down. Please poo at work. So how do you? But how do you do? I mean, how do you tell these people when they haven't been paying a penny for their treatment? Right. All of a sudden, they're up to you know hundreds of dollars to a month. Right. Plus, you know, all this money to uh, apply, and then these fees you get every year, and sludge disposal costs, and everything else. And it's uh, it's a hell of a side job. Some of it's heartbreaking, though, to me because I don't want to put somebody out of business. Of course. And I try to, you know, I try to give everybody the best deal I can. Yeah. But there's only one of me, and when you're running, there's only so many hours in a day. And yeah. if you're working 12 hours at your other job, and you're working, you know, five oh, or six God. hours at that job, and not much time for running around. There's not much time for anything. I sold my boats. Wow. Really. I, and I, I, I was so depressed, like a week or two and ago. And we did a yeah. podcast on your boat. Yeah, but I'm saying I was so depressed. I was like, "Screw it! I'm going to sell all my right. motorcycles and yeah. be done with motorcycles yeah. too." 
because I can't. I don't have time to do anything else. That's exactly it. Okay. But the only thing good about it is I can retire in four years. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure I just put in my time, grind it out for four years, and then fuck y'all. Wait, but then <clears throat> then I could do my own business. And grind, it it <laughs> <laughs> grind it out. Grind it out. Scoop That's it true. out. Scoop right. it. Keep it. <laughs> Pump it out. Right. Yeah. Get it's, it out in any way possible. It's funny because I never put any thought into where like, does it go. Yeah, where 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 does it go? I mean, I go to the bathroom and I'm like, yeah, all right, I wash my hands, I'm done. I had the best call the other day though. Some lady called, she starts screaming at me. My water's brown. My water's brown. My water's brown. I'm at on college to not be named. Right. My water's brown. I'm like, this is wastewater, ma'am. You need to call the water plant. Wastewater, water are the same. My water's brown. My water's brown. My water's brown. I said. I said, ma'am, we deal with what's in your toilet, right. and the water plant deals with what comes out of your faucet. Exactly. And she said, the water in my toilet is crystal clear. <laughs> so I did an AI report good card. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so, so you know what? I was, I was just, you know, I was just going out. And this was like three or four minutes of my water run, and I said, why did you get out of your toilet? <laughs> yes. And enough everybody for the dog. in the room was like, oh, I can't believe you said that. And she started laughing so hard. That's good. Yeah. And she was, and, and then so she so was finally sporty. she stopped and I explained to her the difference right. between wastewater treatment and water treatment. Yeah. And she said, Okay, I'll, I gave her the number to the water. Oh, yeah. She called yeah. them and I said, You know, we're much better than them anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> the wastewater's hard. Right. We have a lot worse to work with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, so, let's, let's just. There's a lot Let more lumps know. in our product. Yeah, we don't drink the water right. that we poop in. Right. <laughs> you know? But now there they, you have, go. they actually have a beer now made from wastewater. Well, there you go. Oh. It's probably it has to be. I think it's out in like Portland or. I'm sure it is. Well, I'm, you know, so. I'm sure it tastes like shit too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hipsters do weird shit. Yeah, figure out a way to. If they could figure out a way but, to eat with their butt, they would. But this is a yeah. free. This is free for them. Yeah, I think your slogan should be "From your ass to your glass." <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. The uh, a pint of shit. <laughs> so, did anybody? So has anybody bought anything else? Any new motorcycles recently? Are we all too busy to buy motorcycles? Too busy. Too, too poor. busy. Too poor. Too busy. <laughs> too poor. Too busy. I look every day. I haven't found anything. Oh really? Yeah, you're hunting. Sold yeah. one this week. Oh, what'd you sell? The wee little one. Oh, did you sell the little uh, PW50? Yeah. yeah, yeah. With the training wheels? With the training wheels. With the wheels. training wheels nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. You had somebody come out and try to buy just the training wheels. Yeah, yeah. I had somebody waste uh, some of my time texting yeah. back and forth. Yeah. I was doing laundry last week and it. Oh, 53 hours. One o'clock right. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Can I come look at your? Uh, do you still have it? Yes. Yeah. Can I come look at it? Sure. Sure. Why not? You know, oh, at that time, eight, eight <laughs> thirty tomorrow morning. My right. kid gets on the bus, so yeah. between eight thirty and about ten, I have to leave I'm good for to work. Go. Yeah. So the fucker shows up at two minutes after ten. Of course he does. Of course. Yeah. Sits there and, and I mean, I'm, I'm a bullshitter. You know of that. Course. You guys, yeah, but I mean, eh, whatever. Chew the fat a little bit, and probably twenty five minutes. Uh, honestly, not exaggerating. Probably twenty five minutes goes into it. He goes, so would you consider selling just the training wheels? What a cockknock. And I said, well, no, not really. They kind of go with the bike. Yeah, they do. I can't afford it. But I already have a PW50. Well, 
Ah. Well, hey, you could buy a set of training wheels oh and have a P- extra PW50 oh, yeah. to you go with it. Whatever you were asking for the bike, say right. the training wheels cost whatever the <laughs> exactly. bike Exactly. Yeah. And I was throwing yeah. a free PW50. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, buy it, sell just the bike. I, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Not for sale. I got to go to work. Thanks for coming by. Right. And uh, off he fucked. And off he uh, fucked. And off he fucked. But, I mean, That's that was from a, uh, not Craigslist, but I had it on the the. Yeah. Facebook's. Yeah, what do they call it? Marketplace. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, yeah. Yeah, head on there. Which has oh, okay. remarkably lower standards than Craigslist. <laughs> I was going to say the same I kind of. I never once used The it. same <clears throat> kind of people, if not worse. I'm convinced and, uh, that it is just. I threw it out front in one day. I threw it out there. Oh, you, on your front I, mo- I mowed the lawn after I got home, so it right. was at yeah, 8 o'clock. Yeah. And I put the thing by the mailbox and chained it to the Volvo. Right. Bike bike locked it to right. Volvo. <laughs> and uh, it was like eight o'clock, right? Yeah. And uh while waiting Free for the Volvo bus with, with Moran yeah. at seven thirty. Okay. Some lady in BMW stopped. Yeah. How much for the How mini much bike? For the bike? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's nice. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, well, let me think about it. She leaves within ten minutes she calls me. Right. I think I'll take that. I've only got four hundred dollars. I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm getting ready to go to work. Yes. Go to the bank. Come right. see me after work. Exactly. And sure enough, man, five minutes after eight, I get home about eight, by the way. Yeah. Five minutes after eight, she was there. Really? Cash in hand. That's didn't fantastic. Didn't argue the price. Right. Just. Yeah. So what does a four-wheeled PW50 go for these days? Six. Holy bully. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Rock on. Which is, I mean, that's what I paid for it. Yeah. Both of my kids rode it. Yeah. I mean, it I, is one of those. I paid less for adult motorcycles. Well, but it's funny. It's <laughs> a couple of good adult motorcycles. Yeah, they're like unbreakable. They are. Yeah. They're killable. I rode the motherfucker myself. No, shaft drive. Three hundred eighty pounds. Yeah. They're shaft drive. Yeah, yeah. 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 shaft drive. Oh, how cool! One speed. One yeah, they're completely. But it has a foot shifter, but yeah. you put it. In. No, this one's got nothing. Oh really? It's just this this fifty's got nothing. The two yeah. thousand model. Really? Yeah. Got nothing. No foot shifter. No nothing. So it's just. I thought they just had first and neutral. No neutral on this one, at least. Yeah. The one Nothing. I. This is the one, except the fact that this one is blue instead of pink. Instead of pink and white, yeah, pink or and white. pink, yeah. or go back too. yellow. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing you used to see out in front of the Kmart with a coin op yeah. thing on. Exactly. Oh, okay. Same exact bike. Little Actually, they. <laughs> <laughs> They came out right up here at 150th. Yeah. They used to have the little towel jets. They had a towel jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or tri zingers. I, yeah. I got a picture of me on a towel jet out there. Yeah. At the one down here, and it had an actual towel jet on it. Yep. And the funny thing was, I looked at it, and I said, this towel jet was never in service before it got made into a riding toy. Oh, so no, it got, I don't think any of those it got made into a, It got made into a coin-op vending device. It got made into a coin-op novelty. Yeah. Without ever having one mile put on it, I, I think they all were yeah, pretty much. They had I mean, plastic motors or something. Didn't you just like, I, no, the, the Italjet definitely had a metal motor, but there was nothing going to it or from it. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, there was nothing going to it or from it, and it had a plastic sealed gas tank, like it was a fiberglass gas tank, mm-hmm. yeah. fiberglass yeah, mold of the gas tank. But the motor was a proper metal motor mm-hmm. with proper metal head and everything else. But I was just looking, I was like, this thing's never been started. It's never been on the road. It's never been anything. There was a carburetor there. It was epoxied on. And there was no, any sort of <laughs> wires or linkages going to it. You should have to worry about leaking. You know, yeah, well, it was leaks. the only Italian bike that ever leaked. Yeah. The, uh, just put a quarter in it. She goes like the hell. Just goes like the devil, Tony. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's really something. Talking about those peewee bikes. So I had the Italjet... Um, Indian. Yeah, the Indian. Looked just like that. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Put an Indian badge on it. Yeah, they made them what seventy cc's. They made them up to about like one twenty-five, and they were all Italian or Aramachis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but they know. had the Indian, the real nice Indian sticker on the side. Real beautiful <laughs> logo. Real like American classic icon. I thought Steve had an interesting. Yeah. Um, down mid last year. Yeah. I don't know if he stopped by. He stopped by, but I don't know where you guys were. He had a Chaparral yeah. CVT yep. minibike That's right. from the factory. Yep. Two-stroke. Oh, sure. You know, just yeah. like a real a real minibike yeah. engine yeah. with yeah. a uh, CVT. Yeah. There was a clean-looking one yeah, that was on Craigslist yeah. early this spring. There's a lot of weird Steve's mutant stuff, and blue, that is... Blue Tang. It might have been his. Mid-Ohio is the place to go see it. I don't care what it is. If they made six of them. Four of them will be at Mid Ohio. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll be like, I've got the rarest bike in the world. Except for that, just don't look at that one. Just, no, pay no attention to that over here. Except I've got, for those other I've got three only, guys. I've got one of only four in America. Yeah, well, really? Oh, Fucking other one just rambled by. No, really, I swear it's rare. Well, there are three of them within the square, the range of your voice. How the fuck rare could it be? No, really, they only made two Rup Centaurs in this color, and they both happen to be here. The, the, yeah. the, the bike that's now mine. And that my, is asking less. My, my bucket, one of my bucket list bikes. Yeah. Remember we were talking. Oh yeah. How? Two more of those? You weren't there. What am I looking at Pete for? One guy came riding the motherfucker, green, same color and everything. Oh yeah. Over by our camp. Yeah. What is? And it? I was just like the RV. Oh the RV. Another one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy. F- no, this is. Are there unicorn here too? I was going to say, Mid Ohio is the only place in the world where you will, in fact, see the centaur chasing the unicorn past your campsite. <laughs> it was like, and then there was another one. Exactly. <laughs> there was another yeah. one over in the, um, over in the swap meet area, just up for. Did yeah. you see Joe where Joe Vio was set up? Absolutely. Same eye where Joe was set right. up. There's, it, it was a fucking another one. It's not running crazy. though. Yeah. I'm just it's like three wheeled C70. See the the grandpa conversion. The, it looks like literally looks like it's set up to work at the senior citizens' home. Right. It yeah. looks so cool. I it looked really it cool. So it had the basket badly. on the back. It looked <laughs> just wheels. like yeah yeah. It the looked just like wheels. I mean, <laughs> it was all correct. It's exactly what you would have if your grandmother took her three wheeled bicycle and CT seventy it. You know, <laughs> it looked straight as fuck. I mean, it looked, it looked like good. it looked presentable. And uh, yeah, but it was definitely a three wheeled CT seventy with a big old basket on the back. The C, yeah, C, yeah, yeah. It might have been a C ninety. It was a C ninety. It was a C ninety yeah, with a big old basket or whatever. But it was you know passport variety. Yeah, it was, passport. It had the leg. Like, oh, the leg shows the whole the deal. Front, yeah. You didn't see the back end. Yeah. It would look exactly like a C ninety. You look at the back, big basket. Yeah, yeah I was going to say was, it, was it real narrow like, like a like a no? It was, what was a little Honda that was like oh gyro. Yeah, Honda gyro. No, it wasn't. No, and by the way, that's the other place. Where you're like, have you ever heard of this Honda that leans? It's got three wheels and it leans. And yeah, like, yeah, Honda Gyro. Over there. And they're like, yo, you never see one. There's a Honda Gyro. I'm like, fuck you, pal. Not only are there are they here, but all three versions of it are here. There's the tubular chassis one, the stamped frame chassis one, and the weird Aero 80 looking one that looks like a vacuum cleaner. You know, it looks like a vacuum sweeper. And there's Honda Gyro version. So shit, motherfucker, there's a chopper over there in the back row. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. It's, Somebody it's, made a chopper out of one. It's mid-Ohio. There's every fucking goddamn thing. And until people go there, they have no idea how just freaking weird it is. It's the circus and the yeah. Oh, the show. one year I saw a CB uh, 750 hot rod. Yes. Yeah. Somebody yeah. put 
Yeah. Somebody built a car. Yeah, it was built, about half a scale. Build yeah. a car, very yeah. small car. Yeah, and put a CV750 right motor right in the front. Right. Yeah, and, and chain drive all the way to the back. Yeah, chain drive all it the way to the like, back. It was a 530 it was chain with about 700 links. Yeah, it was, it was links. flat black <laughs> yeah. with the, the the red wheels yeah. and everything. It was like a perfect high boy. Like it looked <clears> exactly like a high boy roadster, wow. except it was 50 <laughs> to 70 percent scale. 12 jack shafts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. And about it was tiny, and it was it was literally half scale, but it was it worked and it was functional. Yeah, it was, like a, was, it was like a two seater. Well, think, yeah, I think that's all it was. And then there's a guy with a giant like uh, some weird Yamaha Daytona snowmobile, but where the skis used to be, there's now wheels. And then in the back <laughs> where the tread used to be, there's now a really big fat inflatable roller. A a big roller. fat tire. That's called the KMAM Spider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw the prototype no, there spider. Was, there was some <laughs> Norwegian or Swiss company making a conversion. It was a kit. Yeah, this was. I, lo- I looked. And they weren't it. inexpensive. They were no, like no. five thousand dollars for the kit. The funny thing was the oh, wheels yeah, yeah. were actually spindles. So instead mm-hmm. of being any sort of an axle or a arms or anything else that would be solid. These were basically just stub axles. <laughs> or suspension. Put, exactly. <laughs> stub axles put where the skis used to be on the snowmobile. Mm-hmm. So it was a kit to turn your 440 you know, cubic centimeter two-stroke into an actual road-going vehicle. Now, clever, more clever if you can also turn it into a jet ski, because uh, then you got three seasons covered. But <laughs> I don't, uh, or all four seasons covered. But, yeah, when I looked at it, you know, and the thing's been coming to Mid-Ohio for many, many years I often wonder when I see something at Mid-Ohio, you can remember the, the, the item. You can remember the catastrophe, but you can't remember if it's the same guy bringing it out 12 years in a row or has it migrated to 12 different owners. Yeah. Is it just like... Is it like I'm willing to bet it's migrated to 12 different owners. I think it's like this weird sort of herpes that you can actually get rid of. But it doesn't go away. <laughs> it, you can only like, pass it to others. That's right. You can only pass it to others. And you're like, God damn it, I got the fucking herp. And then you're like, but I got to find a way to get rid of it. Yeah, there's a fucking Arctic cat jet. There's a that's a legit. What yeah, the, that's the deal. hell? Like, yeah, that's a picture of a that's a picture of a legit semi modern Arctic cat snow machine. That seriously looks like a can am. Car wheels? No, it's a can am. It's just slightly taller well, and costs. It's what the can am is more comfortable. And probably costs a fraction less, and also is more reliable based on the report we saw a few weeks ago about reliability of my, vehicles. My uh, sled has a three forty two. Two strokes. Two strokes, two, two cylinder. Yeah. cylinder right. yeah. With like a cooled. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. rotary valves. Yep. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was sled the best technology. Of 1975. <laughs> <laughs> it's got about two inches of travel in the back. And you hit anything and it just, just drives right through your ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the seats on snowmobiles are about 19 inches of thick of foam. <laughs> yeah. Because suspension travel on modern sleds is great, but on old sleds, it was just. Garbage. I have leaf springs yeah. on the front. I didn't even think they had suspension. Oh, really? Yeah, that <laughs> was there, like, the original ski dude. Yeah. Fine, nothing. Like two inches. Yeah, nothing. But it looks so cool in 1975. <laughs> it was a, a ski dude, mm-hmm. 7,500. Wow. Lizard. 7,500. And the 7,500 is one of those numbers that had nothing to do with anything. No. There's not a part of the vehicle that can be measured and equal 7,500. Nope. So no. So because t- you said it was a 350. Yeah, it's a three forty. Yeah, three forty. Three forty. Three forty. So why is it called the seventy five hundred? Why is that bike right there behind you called the Super Eight? 
find anything on that bike that's an eight. Because the super eight is great. Super great. <laughs> super nine is super fine. The uh, so tonight we were visited by uh, the ghost of Christmas future, and his name yeah, is Tim. Go ahead. And your brother brought us Bring a motorcycle to try out that we've not uh, we've not been real accustomed to here in the United States. Now we should mention that Tim is Pete's brother. Yeah. So Come on, do we have to say that? I was going to say, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. I didn't leave something to the imagination. <laughs> so, how long has he had that? So, what it is? It's the California Scooter Company RX3 Cyclone. Speaking of numbers that don't necessarily have anything to do with the vehicle they're put on, <laughs> and names. Once again, RX3 Cyclone. I, uh, I can't imagine putting the name Cyclone on something that's 250 cc's. Well, it depends on the application. If it's a remote control car, then you can follow that fucking thing in Cyclone. That's true. But if it's a 600 or 400 pound motorcycle, Cyclone may be a bit of a misnomer. It sounds like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> well, and it was a Buell. What's that? I said it was a Buell. Well, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. My argument with using Buell, motorcycle it was names. A Mercury. It was all kinds. Of right. Stuff. It's been a bunch of stuff, but you should always, out of sheer respect, <clears throat> let the, especially if it's your own goddamn industry, like if it's a Mercury Cyclone and a Buell Cyclone. One an Oryx cyclone or, or an Oryx cyclone. Whoever the hell. I think I think Oryx made the cyclone yeah, out of the vacuum. Yeah, cyclone okay. technology. Right. No, but that's okay. Everybody wants to see their crap swirling around in a clear container in front of your vacuum cleaner. You know, isn't that the of, fundamental element of every toilet everywhere? It's all about well, you're crap talking with you. Shop again. You're talking <laughs> shop again. <laughs> <laughs> you see your crap swirling around. around. I guess if your dog <laughs> isn't house broken. <laughs> That's right. My uh, God, man. Uh, 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 Steve just can't get away from the crap. No, it's surrounding him all the goddamn time. The, uh, I'm sorry, I can't think straight. Put a big steamer on the table so he feels at home. The <laughs> it's uh, We had to hire a hooker to deuce one. Uh, <laughs> why did you have to make it weird? I'd shit for free. The uh, <laughs> I was going to say, man, there's a lot of kinky chips. Yeah, I we're making that, Steve that don't charge. <laughs> so back to the Chinese motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> Cyclone. Speed Sidebar app. So no, well, this is the interesting thing. The motorcycle's oh, made by motorcycles made by Zongshen. It's a 250 cc single overhead cam, liquid cooled motor, and it. The ergonomics to it, and I'm going to try to give it the fairest shake possible because anything I've ever said about this motorcycle, and I've always hedged my bets, and every time we talked about it, I said, until we see one and get to sit on one, I'm really not going to say anything. You know, the more prone you are to make declarative statements, the more likely you are to look foolish in retrospect. Okay, so now we've sat on it. Now we rode it. Now we got to check it out. Well, first thing is, it didn't feel nearly as shitty as I thought it was going to feel. I agree. It felt better than I thought it was going to feel. We've ridden enough of the stuff like, you know, the Misfits and the Heists and things like that. They're just, well, they're just a series of bad bearings held together by poor welding and shoddy grade steel. So Covered with mediocre paint. Well, stickers. Oh, stickers. Spelling that's errors. Old, that's what holds right. them together. <laughs> Hold together. The stickers. And spelling errors. They're, they're basically a list of bad decisions. Well, but the idea is when you rode one, you know, when we got the first... The first one, and we went out in the parking lot and tried to ride around, and we tried to do a wheelie on it, and then, like, the rear axle failed. So that was, like, out of the creek. And then other th- other things failed, and they were early in the run, and the company didn't have a chance. The company didn't b- go to the trouble of really checking these things out and making sure they were good prior to unleashing them on the public. Do you remember my 
review of the heist when you first brought it over to my house? No, I don't. Oh. I had a one-word review. I rode it around the neighborhood yeah. and came back, and Phil's like, what do you think? And I said, unremarkable. Yeah. And it's, and it's true. And it was, <laughs> that was my one-word right. review. And it was it lacked... You know, it was a pushrod V. It was a pushrod single 250 motor yeah. that made less horsepower than a Buddy 125, or at least the Buddy 125 would right? stomp it. No, the mm-hmm. heist was the hardtail. The misfit was the cafe racer looking one. Okay. And they got the Ace, which is kind of the, the standard bike. But not to belabor and not to beat up on those bikes, but we're saying that we had a certain we had a certain assumption that we brought to the table, preconceived notion about what the bike was going to be like, and it didn't have to work too hard to beat it. The bar was set fucking low. I mean, the bar was set real low. It's 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 like when a political leader comes out and just doesn't shit the bed on the microphone, and you go, he's great. And you go, because the bar is set real fucking low. And that's what happened tonight. I think we went out on the bike, and it, it didn't stall. And the fuel injection appeared to be on the money, which it, it has fuel injection, which is cool. The brakes felt good. And... Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I thought it was comfortable. I mean, the clutch action was The clutch was fine, and it was creep. And I I rode it around at real low RPM in the parking lot here at walking speed to look for, like, stutter or spit or bad behavior at low RPM, which is consistent with the Chinese bikes. And it didn't do that. It seems to... seem to me. Yeah. So you drive drive a Honda Civic. Right. And then it's smooth. It's perfect. Everything is great. I mean, the engine is just dialed in. And then drive a Hyundai, yeah. and then you know what? It's it works yeah. and it drives, and they have a warranty, and it might last a hundred thousand miles. Yeah. But it's just there's something like rougher about right. it. It's, it's not buttery smooth. It's not buttery smooth. Right. I found that the so, motor had a window of operation, a power band that went from about five thousand RPM to about seven thousand RPM. The very narrow band of usable power. And that's because it is a 250cc motorcycle engine inside a relatively heavy motorcycle. When I sat on the bike, I was just like, this is a V-Strom. Like, the ergonomics of the bike, the weight of the bike, the way the bike feels, it felt to me very much like a liquid-cooled 650. It did not feel like a 250. I felt like a 250 should feel like 300 pounds. It feels to me in scale and proportion like a BMW F800. Okay, well... Yeah. It's comfy too, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, he got an aftermarket seat on it, so yeah. that made a big deal. He, he raised the handlebars up a couple inches. So Tim's made a bunch of modifications to it. He's made a lot of improvements to the basic package. The bike he said was forty three hundred dollars in his driveway. That's it's like CRF CRF two fifty L would be about. I'm going to say price. I'm going to say that's high for a used V Strom. So. If you can pick up a eight-year-old used V-Strom for four, you're probably getting a pretty good bike. Get a Versus for that all day long. Oh, you can get a Versus for that all day long. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or a KLR. Oh, you can pick your KLR. You can get a totally farkled up KLR for four. You can get an XL650L yeah. for that. Yep, true. Paid Any, four for my DRZ. Right. Yeah, so that's <clears throat> where we look at DRZ, this. Yeah. He's got about 2,000 miles on it. And I did. I am going to say that I think that whoever called Zhang Shen and ordered this in, whoever from California Scooter Company, spec'd this bike out. This ain't their first rodeo. I think they were careful. I think they were smart. They put, they checked the items on the build sheet that 
were worth checking. Now, it's got a 17-inch rim on the back. What's got in the front? Well, I believe it's got a 21 on the front, but that was an upgrade. Oh, yeah? He got, a, he got an extra wheel with the bike for $200. They sent him a, sent him a complete second wheel with the tire mount oh, really? already. And he just took the other t- <clears throat> wheel and tire off, put the new wheel and tire on for 200 bucks. For 200 bucks. Yeah. And it was, I don't remember if he went from a 17 to an 18 or a... Yeah. Uh, 18, 18 to, to a 19 21, or something, something like that. Something. It was yeah. Some, the some. spokes were thin. The spokes were what you'd expect to find on a, a Chinese bike. They weren't you know fantastically thick or um, particularly beefy. I thought the forks were beefier than like even at, like an NC 700 X. It's a 700. Yeah. I was gonna say it's bigger than the ones on it's, my. Uh, well, they're bigger, but 500. they're not stronger, and that's what I definitely noticed. Is yeah. You know the NC um, the CTX 700. Uh, has rather thin, like 41 millimeter or whatever, diameter forks. These were upside downs. And despite the fact that they were upside down, they had about four inches of wheel travel, but they gave it up real easy. So right. you'd have to put springs or in. like a flex in them? Yeah. Their flex, they weren't, they didn't flex. No, I didn't think they flexed at all. I thought no, they held their own very that's well. That's my complaint about the CTXs, yeah. the NC. Oh, yeah, they fold. They, they, yeah. When you're going around a turn, you yeah. can feel the whole. Yes, you can. Uh, wheel like the whole front. They would benefit from stiffer so. front end. Yeah, this one didn't flex, and I jammed the front brake in pretty good while turning a couple of times to see if it would do that. If it fold in on itself, it didn't do that. Um, it did give up all of its wheel travel real easy, and they're not adjustable. So I would say you'd probably stick a couple of springs in there, or maybe stick some spacers in there or yeah. something. You know, slug it. The but, air box I thought too was poorly designed. It was real. The air box is really noisy. I uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to that. Yeah. Really, it was noisy. Yeah, it, was bike, no, it was bike's loud. Is it? Right. Yep. Okay. But all I right. think it's just because they're not baffled. Like the air box isn't baffled correctly, mm-hmm. or it's just it's a lot of intake noise versus exhaust noise. Sure. Okay. So you, you can hear, hear the intake like, more than the exhaust. Up in your face too. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, I think that for for it is an example that China can be good if it has to. And we've learned that here. We've learned that there are Chinese bikes that we can trust, there's Chinese bikes that we can't trust, and then there's stuff that we have to leave until we get 5,000 miles on it. There's stuff that we got to just shut up about until we see what happens down the road. And switch shifting, though, is, all, is really bizarre. I mean, no, that's bad. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That We couldn't get the bike. That is worth mentioning, that nobody here, including the owner, could get the bike into neutral while the motor was running. So if you came in in first gear, you couldn't get the bike into neutral unless the motor was off. And there was no slop in the clutch. Like, I checked. The, of course, when I couldn't put the bike in neutral, what's the first thing that I did was I looked down at the clutch lever to find out, like, oh, shit, is this, is this bitch just completely out of travel? But it wouldn't go into second either. It right. wouldn't move. It no, just, no. It was it stationary. Just, yeah, it was right. stuck in first. And that suggests you... a problem. That's what we in the industry like to call a problem. That's not an adjustment. That's a problem. That's a failure. Voltage regulation was bad. Yeah. At some, I mean, even though they have a, a, a voltage gauge on. Well, it. he put that on. That's aftermarket, okay. and he put that on. But look, yeah. so his voltage gauge is showing. I mean, it's charging correctly, and everything yeah. is good, and he's got good voltage. But for some reason, it would like glow brighter, and it was that was totally distracting. It was very well, I thought, and I think that might have been an. I think that might have been a. Uh, regu- you think it's a regulator? No, I think that is. I think that's probably an artifact of the actual. LED gauge that he's using. Oh, okay. Is that when it gets to something below twelve or twelve point five volts, it dims. 
so that when you get above 12.5, it becomes bright, because I noticed it when I took it out, too. When I was at idling, poking around the parking lot, it was very, very dim. As soon as I got on the street and I honked it, that little, like, eight-element LED uh, voltmeter became bright. See, so, that made, and that was kind of distracting. Well, yeah, anytime yeah, lights think, change I, in front of you. it's yeah. like a, a brake light's coming at you or something. Well, yeah, and it turns it red, too. Turns, yeah, when you red rev it, it becomes red. red. So red red lights, bright red lights on the dashboard are never a good sign. <laughs> so that's nature's way of telling you stay away. So I don't, uh, I think that for being a Chinese bike, I think it's an excellent ambassador for how good they can be. Um, or maybe it's a, a statement of this is what we can do. But I also think that if we compare it against some stuff that is, um, you'll have a hell of a time comparing it against anything used. And also, it's not going to hold its value. So the guy buying it second, I mean, your brother's got 4,300 into it, and then you think he's probably got another 400 in Farkle into it? Really so, yeah. Yeah, so he's at 47. He'll drive it for a few years, and he won't be able to, he's not going to be able to get versus money out of it. Because it's a California scooter company Chinese bike. You know, it's a Zongshen. My concern about those bikes, too, yeah. would be that the first run of bikes yeah. are, have the quality of that bike. Well, no, and this then, is we're pretty deep into the game oh, at this point. Are? Yeah, we're very okay, so deep into the game. that's been important for a yes. while. This well, one, and they yeah. make that for the world market, too. Yeah, it's like oh, sold okay, in well, Europe. if that's the case. It's sold I, all over. the. Right. Like, I saw them in China, like, yeah. Fleas on his dog over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right because we had that with the madasses. With the madasses, the first two batches we got were pretty fucking fantastic. But then after that, there was the Chinese quality seg, and we got to watch the, the Chinese quality seg set in, and it, it got ugly real quick. We had a lot of failures, and it's bad because you sign a contract or you sign you sign a dealer agreement with somebody based on the product they're bringing you, and then you got 16 of them on order or 24 of them on order. The first six units you got were like, I'll ride these across America. Because I think I know a couple of guys who did that. Mm. And then, uh, <laughs> But then after that, you're like, I got guys breaking down with 120 miles on them, having critical failures. And, you know, in this case, your brother was telling me a story about a, a guy who has one who did put heavy duty on it, like put buckets of miles on it, and had a, mo- a catastrophic motor failure. Because... This is not a heavy-duty bike. This is a commuter bike. This is a commuter bike that looks like an adventure bike. So, you know, it may look like an adventure bike, but you can't take it on the Sheetrock 300. You can't take it, you know, on, you know, up the Antelope's asshole or whatever. You know, you're not going to be able to do that with it. That's a real place, by the way. Um, That's... uh, Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that with this motorcycle. Like as we hope for that 400... That... 400 look like the are the antelope asshole the are <laughs> genuine yeah the genuine yeah it does and if we ever get it well I'm just saying it gives yeah. me hope that you could actually buy one right and it would be reliable I think that use, right. and, and I think that it's going to be the same kind of thing I think it's going to be a, a price point it's going to be like a $4,000 price point the genuine scooter company bike is going to be a 400cc unit it'll have fuel injection it, the one that we demoed, the one that we tested out, was very nicely put together. I mean, it was it was surprisingly nicely put together, and that's good. You know, that's what we want to see. The SYM Wolfs that we sold, the one hundred and fifty like Wolfs too, they were nice. They were nice, but they don't hold up over time. The ones that we see come in here, the blinkers are all. And I understand those are DOT blinkers, and they probably SYM didn't pick those. 
But the blinkers are all poor, saggy. You know, oh, they're all so sad. Those blinkers are all just like looking like just wet, limpy fruit hanging on these things. And the paint's faded out. The seats are plastics faded out real bad. The plastics the all shit. On the plastics, yeah. yeah. So the Wolf's initial Is it engine holdup. Well, I mean, we haven't had anybody put any real killer miles on them. I mean, the right out of the crate, I took it and I rode it to Detroit, and jumped on a bike that was maybe had 150 miles on it. We dropped the oil, put fresh oil on it, and I rode the Wolf. Merritt rode the Royal Enfield 500, and we rode side by side from Cleveland to Detroit, changed bikes, and rode back. And what we learned was that a Wolf 150 and a Royal Enfield 500 get the exact same fuel economy. (laughs) Like, to the ounce get the exact same fuel economy, going 70 miles an hour. So a 150 that's working its tits off and a 500 that's fuel injected, a 150 carb, you know, single overhead cam motor, in versus a 500 push rod. They probably have the same horsepower too. No, I think that, yeah, I think there was a minor difference there between the two, and it felt like this bike. This bike's a 250 cc and it's liquid cooled, and it was very hard to judge by the ass dyno because the bike was heavy. So it's very difficult to judge how much weight or how much power a motor's putting out when the bike itself is a heavy bike. And I think that bike would be much better served by a 500cc, 40-horsepower engine. Well, know? I rode my XT250 here. Right. So yeah. I rode a 250 here, and then I rode that one. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. the power band is much better on the my XT. Oh, is it? Yeah, we'll be... I thought, I mean, it's like... No, it's the just, XT is a very broad power band. Right, broad. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's, it's very better on the, Yeah, It's right. better on... Yeah. But... When that thing started producing power, it was right. about the. I mean, it was felt similar. Felt similar yep. when it did produce power, but it was at, at only a small uh, range on that uh, that engine. So. Yeah, it was. It's very narrow power band on that particular motor. But so I think that would drive me crazy. But they're both pretty anemic. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's a two fifty. So I mean, what are you going to yes, do? Yes, in the land of the blind, yeah, you can't really expect too much. Yeah, no, like it's the same RV two fifty. Yeah, feels like it's got a lot of power. I mean, it does compared to right compared. To it's that. got real pull. I mean, and that's right. the the interesting thing is there are there are a lot of scooters in the world that do have devout torque and they do have legit pull because of them being able to have strong heavy flywheels or heavy cranks so that they can carry that inertia. Because with scooters, getting that CVT transmission to work is all about keeping it in the butter zone. You know, you want to keep that thing between four thousand and six thousand RPM. Any way you can do it, and you let the transmission do all the heavy lifting. That's the magic of the CVT transmission. You got to keep keep the motor in this like narrow window, and let the transmission just whir the shit out of itself. Well, the helix definitely yeah. is nothing compared to. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, the helix is that yeah. 1983 technology, after all. But it is comfy. <laughs> Five, and it's and you're like this slow on the ground. You should put like ape hangers on that. It is ape hanger. Totally, man. If you ever see a naked helix ever, you're gonna be like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, sure, yeah, that's Hell Riders bike or some shit. Yeah, ape right. hangers yeah. and a, one of the big old steel tractor seats. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like doing with all the holes in it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's weatherproof. So exactly, it. never have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about the foam, the seat, or the vinyl, or nothing. I it's mowed my lawn on my, uh, my TO30 the other day on my steel tractor seat. steel was tractor soaked. seat. I had to use my brush hug. <laughs> and the neighbor was <laughs> looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> Wait, in Lakewood? No, in Overland. Oh, Jesus, Christmas. Yeah. I thought for sure. Lakewood, I can make one pass. You make one it. pass. It's exactly it. Do the whole street. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, the, my neighbor is like. Yeah. I got a guy yeah, down the street for me that's got a riding tractor in my neighborhood, and I laugh myself silly. He's got one of those yards you could do with a real mower. Macklefresh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Macklefresh. What the fuck? That's a You're fucking right. lawn tractor. There's no way. No, that's just for show. <laughs> I think he garbage picked it. I think that you're right. I think you're right. Because his backyard doesn't have one blade of grass growing in it on purpose. And the front yard is the size, like, I could fall down and cover his whole front yard. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. There's a Cub Cadet in his backyard for no goddamn yes, good reason. Is. Interesting. I think Very... just to drive around with the kids. Yeah, but it's Lakewood. They don't really... It's not like... It's like, oh, look, cool. You've got your utility... You know, landscaping vehicle up. Like, that shit flies in Oberlin. That shit flies in Joggin County. In Lakewood, if you are going to the fucking Quickie Mart with your Cub Cadet, that is not cool. They're going to say something about it. <laughs> yeah. That is not a vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Hey, George Jones, pull it over. <laughs> this is not your own personal railroad track. <laughs> this is it. The, uh, the one thing that I did want to talk about today, if we could get momentarily techy, is brakes. It's funny how good motorcycles are, despite their owners. Can, can I just go one thing? Go fire away, bro. Do your Craigslist people? Yeah, Craigslist. Fuck off. R A K E S. Oh! <laughs> are you trying to see him, Brax? <laughs> It's got fresh brakes. It's got no, brand new brakes. Another kind of brakes. Right, brakes. It's got brakes. I'm sure it's got brakes all over it. I'm sure there's cracks and the fucking shit. Failure of a bone is not a. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's the rule: when you energize your brakes, they should also de-energize. Ooh, hello, Johnny Chrome. What the fuck happened there? Is am I seeing a piston? Out of a caliper mm-hmm. that is actually cracked. <clears throat> no, the piston's not cracked. The it's piston's just, worn through. It's got no. Well, this is the. No, yeah, no, I see that. I see that's that. That's the uh, dust ring. Dust ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. just. It's it's out a little. It's bit. fully pushed out. Yeah. Um, right. It's fully. They were just really nasty, pro- and this was prolapsed. A, this is a classic pro- example. Yeah. Prolapse. Yeah. yeah. This is a classic example. This bike came in for tires. It's right. Goldwing. Yeah. Came in for tires. <laughs> came yeah. in for tires. And he says, "Can you also throw brakes on it?" Because you know you well, throw brakes on vehicles. You can't just put throw pads on something that's been yeah, sitting around. Yeah, you just around. throw them. No. You know, and this was the rear. That was the rear. Right. And I, I took the picture and sent it to James. Yeah. Service manager. Yeah. And uh, he called the customer. The customer goes, "Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you guys, the rear brake hangs up a little now and then. Hangs up now a little and now and then. <laughs> yeah. now what year is this Goldwing?" <clears throat> It's a GL11, so it's yeah. 80 to 80 80 something. 82, 83. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, very yeah. nice looking bike. It's definitely been taken care of. Is this the one the, that the won't stand up on its own? Yes, this one, yes, which we are completely rebuilding the front end with new springs and everything. Right. Um, For an 83 GL. Yeah. 1100. Well, the guy, that's another, that's not, that's off the subject of brakes, but the best he's like, well, what do I have to do to rebuild the air for it? So it's right. like, your air isn't the problem. Yes, it doesn't hold air, but... We know it doesn't hold air. When you stand the bike right. up, it goes within probably 50, centim- 50 millimeters of full compression. No, the side stand... With no rider on it. <laughs> useless on that motorcycle. The side stand is hilarious. 
there is no reason that motorcycle should have a side stand. No. Because whatever was holding the motorcycle up in 1983, <laughs> okay? So, I mean, conservatively, we're saying 30 years ago. So 30 years ago is gone. It's gone. It's just cashed out. We talked about that in the suspension Springs component. lose their metal memory. I'm going to say that gold wings, of all the motorcycles that come into the shop... Goldwings tend to be the worst maintained motorcycles because it's hard to get to everything. People don't want to do Goldwings because they're like, oh, you know, taking the back wheel off and getting to the caliper and everything. That's a, yeah, Honda engineered the fuck out of it, so I don't have to worry about it. It's like half of an Accord. I don't need to really put any time or energy into it. It's meant to go 100,000 miles between tune-ups because that's what Accords do, right? And it's got a car motor in it and everything else, so it's got practically car tires on the fucker. So I can run 7,000 miles, which for most Goldwing riders in Cleveland is about 30 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth. I mean... That's a lot yeah. of trips to the coffee shop. Yes. Animals go extinct in the time it takes Goldwing riders in Ohio to wear through a back tire. There are whole generations of creatures living and dying in the shadow of that motorcycle <laughs> between when it goes out for tires. And by the time it gets to us, the back brakes are literally crusted into one non-movable item. I like when there's one generation of a tire on the back. Yeah. yeah. And one generation, <laughs> the next generation yeah. on the front. Yeah. Oh, it would be the... Mm-hmm. Later generation, sir. I would like to tell you how older old generation on the front. I'd like to tell you how old your front elite tire twos, is. Elite three. Oh yeah, <laughs> elite, elite ones. Elite twos were the. All right. I'd like to tell you how old your front tire is, but they don't have dates on them. We, they That's chisel it in. They chisel it in the stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know, they're just a joy to take off. Oh yeah, well, it, and that I, is. I, the, I had to do that today. Cut them off. Cut them off the sawzall. The there is no practically yeah it's when you talk about brakes on your motorcycle what you don't realize is we were talking about it with the forks there are there are lubricant and oil things that are on these pistons if you look at a caliper what breaks your whether it's your car your motorcycle or whatever it is if it's got a disc brake and it's got a hydraulic disc brake, there's a thing inside called a piston. The piston goes in, the piston comes out. And every time it goes in and comes out, what does it do? It's got a little bit of moisture on it from the fact that the seal can't take the oil out of the pores in the metal on the piston. So that is going to attract dust and dirt. An item of dust and dirt will get near it, and instead of just blowing off in the wind, it'll hang out there. And it becomes an abrasive. It also becomes, like, crystalline and just gets all this fucking, and oh, it's great. Brake fluid, even in near microscopic quantities, yeah. is hydroscopic. Absolutely. Guaranteed to find water. So, yeah. Finds water in the atmosphere around it. Doesn't need to go looking for it. Just pulls it out of the air. A magician. It's a magician. <laughs> yeah. Well, brake fluid is yellow. Jesus and Christ! It has little black chunks floating around. Well, the thing is, no, is this like, was brown, and in the bottom of the in the bottom of the cup, in right. the bottom of the uh, uh, the pot. Yeah. No, the bottom of the pot when you pull well, the uh, uh, piston out. Right. There was some gray. Yeah. That I pulled it out. And I put it on my hand. Yeah. I'm looking at it. shiny. Show paste. It was like pudding. Yeah. Yeah. And it I'm was, like, what in brake fluid? 
turns no. gray. I Nothing. never brown. Yes, right. is that gray? an anti Bill Cosby statement? Yeah, no. But what <laughs> happens? What you happens is put in we have to remember that the brake fluid is hydroscopic. It brings in water. Water is full of what? It's an oxidizer. <clears throat> so the water's an oxidizer. What is your brake master cylinder made out of? Aluminum. Pot metal. Right. It's some. made out of some sort of. It's made out of some sort of alloy. Magnesium, aluminum, right. com- whatever. So yeah. It's made out of a, an alloy, which, of course, the oxidizer, which is plenty of it around the hydroscopic brake fluid, that's why you find all this shiny gray shit everywhere, and that's clogging up your brake lines. And that's why you get this situation where, you know, roaches check in, but they don't check out. Well, <laughs> you pump your brakes up, and they don't release. So we see this guy bringing the bike in off of the, you know, out of the trailer or off the truck, and he brings it in. And I know I'm fucked because the bike's from the early 80s. And I see the guy pushing it. And he's like rolling it off the trailer. And he makes the mistake of using the front brake as he's getting it off the trailer. And he uses the, And I'm running. I'm like, don't touch the brake. And he, what does he do? Grabs a handful of front brake. And I go, well, that's not going to come apart anytime soon. Because that's a fucking one-way valve at this point. And whatever energy he put into it using that six-inch long lever and that piston with a couple of O-rings and a bunch of holes in it, that went into it. Well, how am I going to get it out of it again? The answer is crack the bleeder, give it a solid fucking kick, squirt death juice across the parking lot, and now you can roll the bike back to the service department. That's how you do it. That's the only way you're going to do it because that shit is not cool. That's why you have to maintain them. That's why the correct service interval for your brakes is not when you buy a new tire. That's why hipsters take the front <laughs> caliper and front brake off there. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I never thought it's, about that. It's if just pull, one less thing to worry if about. If you pull the juice brakes off the front of your motorcycle and you only got the mechanical drum on the back, that softens your maintenance load dramatically. <laughs> Problem solved. Problem solved. You can push it wherever you want to go. Oh, that's great. Oh, drum brakes push so easy compared to discs. None of that dragon business. Wow, that's great. None of that stopping stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So we're going to take you through just the basics of motorcycle brake maintenance. Are you ready? Pay attention because I'm going to say it super duper fast. Replace everything rubber. Simple. Second step. That was pretty slow. Replace everything rubber. Yeah, you said that pretty slow. You said we're replace everything rubber. Get every fucking vestige of anything that was ever brake fluid when you walked up to the bike. The fuck out of it. Clean it all out. You can use alcohol. You can use brake parts cleaner. You can pump anything you want through those hoses. Just remember, if there's anything still in those hoses, it is going to fucker the new fluid you put in it. So the more you've got that so shit cleaned out... blast air through them. Blast air through it. Anything you can. Just get the fucking stuff clean as possible. If you're still on your original 30-year-old brake hoses, and they're not made of stainless steel braiding, replace them. You will thank me. Original brake, yeah, original rubber brake hoses are really actually the world's cheapest anti-lock brake systems. <laughs> because all your travel that you put into your fist of crushing things just goes into filling those rubber hoses up like sausages. They look like, you know, balloon animals. Every time you squeeze the lever, they get twice as big. But none of the energy actually goes into your fucking brake pistons. That's a big deal. 
It's and sometimes really... the inside of those brake hoses delaminates and you get a little oh, God. check valve in there. And yeah, you do. Um, that's oh, a whole other problem. Yeah. Here's a great day out. Imagine going down the freeway at 75 miles an hour. The car in front of you brake checks because they're on their cell phone, they're texting, and they look up realizing they're about, their hood of their car is about to go under an 18-wheeler. So they brake check. So what do you do? You grab a handful of front stoppiness. You grab a handful of front stoppiness on your 1979 Honda CB750 Custom. Maybe it's a CB1000 with those giant dual calipers out there. Single piston, big fucking brakes. The brakes energize because fluid can't help but go forward. The brakes do not unenergize. They don't retract. So when you pump fluid into them, the fluid goes one way but not the other way. And that's what Pete said about the check valve. Now you got all this brake fluid pressure pushing against your fucking rotors, and what do rotors do? They get fucking hot. What does brake fluid do when it gets hot? It expands. Especially if there's moisture in it. Exactly. It expands even more. So now, if you had 40% braking going into these front calipers, going into these rotors, and now they get super duper hot, now you got 80% all of a sudden, and you know what happens when you let go of your front brake lever? Fuck all. Nothing happens. Not a fucking thing. Except you can smell your front tire turning back into dinosaurs. At which point you could probably taste the glass in the back windshield or the back window of the car you're going through. Um, it ain't cool, man. I mean, that's why brakes are so important. It is the only thing stopping you. We don't have bumpers. We don't have crumple zones. We don't have big padded dashboards. All we got is brakes. You cannot Fred Flintstone your motorcycle. No, you can't Fred Flintstone your motorcycle. Right. No way. It's the last. It's the last heroic act of a failed man. Yeah. But the, the other problem is, yeah. say you're heating up that rotor. Yep. And if you hit a puddle, mm. you may need a rotor too because you can warp it. Because it'll warp it right away. It'll. Well, it's going to warp. I mean, probably going to warp anyway if you get in that situation. We've seen rotors come into the shop. Guys riding bikes into the shop where I rode the bike from the front door of the shop to the back door of the shop. You know, it's maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred yards. And the motorcycle felt like it had about two horsepower because one of the front brakes was seized. And you get the thing around back, and you aim the heat gun at it, the infrared temperature gauge, and you're like, this thing is 600, 700 degrees. (laughs) And the guy rode it here. I just rode it 200 feet. This guy rode it here from, like, fucking 30 miles away in, like, outer Povia. And now he's showing up at the shop going, eh, you know, eh, while you're at it, I need an oil change. And, you know, just give it a good once over. Give it a good once over. Give it a good once over. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll give it a good once over. Well, see, that's a good indication. When you pull, pushing your butt or pull your butt yeah. out of the garage, yeah. if it rolls easy, then right. you know that's good. But it could also be... Low tires too. Oh, so that's if you have if you have a low tire or whatever. If it doesn't roll right, right, you might have a bet. You, so it's a good diagnostic or pre-ride. It's a good pre-ride. It is. I've been <laughs> fucked so many times at the shop with dangerous equipment coming in. I now, before I go out on a test ride, the one of the most important things I do is I crush the brakes. I crush the brakes on every bike I'm about to test ride. Before I give it a ride, I sit on the saddle, I roll it forward, I crush the brakes. When I let go of the brakes, it better roll as easy when I let go of the brakes as when I did before I energized them. If it doesn't, fuck it. I'm not taking the bike on a test ride. I'm going to call the customer, and we're going to talk about money. Well, and Steve brought up a good, uh, good point with the tire pressure. I mean, that's become like a huge pet peeve of mine yeah. because we get bikes that come into the shop it's like oh it's just in for an oil change yeah. 
Well, you know, part of our oil change process is a safety inspection, and we air up the tires. And a lot of times, these people rode their scooters in yeah. with 10 pounds. 10 of, PSI. Yeah, 10 How PSI. Do you know? I know. How do you not That's know? That's ridiculous. It's down two pounds, and the thing feels like. <laughs> to me, when a bike is down two or three pounds, I'm like, this bitch won't turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what happened to this motorcycle? Yeah. What yes. happened to this bike? And it's, when it comes in at 10 PSI, I know it's I know it's down when I sit on it. I'm like, come on, man! You wrote it like this because they don't know. Most of the people, honestly, most of these people don't put a lot of miles on their bike. Um, and I mean, by a lot, I, think I mean most like of them don't own an air compressor. <laughs> yeah, well, they have no device in their home for putting air into anything else. Yeah. That's it. You're like, hey, you got to pump up your tires. What do you use for that? I mean, I think if if you own a Start motorcycle, you should at least own one of those little electric. No, you could own ye old penny farthing pump. It has a T-shaped handle. You, you put your feet on the bottom. Have that too. We have one at the shop. Do you know? How, people forget old technology. It is so much quieter for me to go top up the tires on the bike that's in the showroom than it is for me to bring out the Noisemaker Three Thousand. You know, the Harbor Freight Screamomatic. You know, <laughs> what does it compress? It compresses fucking air into noise. I don't know how it does it. It compresses electricity into noise with air as a byproduct. That is, these fucking things couldn't be louder. The the scariest word that I've ever seen ever is oilless compressor. I hate it. I, I oh never, god! I've never bought one. Yes, I will never buy an oilless compressor no. ever. No. I like the big one lung or the V twins that go womp 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 womp. It's the same noise I make when I'm using the old penny farthing, you know, park bicycle equipment bicycle pipe. I go womp 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 womp. But it's yeah. quiet and it's a it pleasant sound. It is quiet. It feels can, like good day, sir. Right, like, <laughs> it's got a little gauge on yeah. it. It's accurate. Costs thirty bucks. It's a good quality unit, and I get a little exercise, and it's it is. You, if you don't own one of those in your garage, you don't need to plug an air compressor. Just fucking have one of those. The brake maintenance, giving back to that, if your brake lines are from the factory and they're 30 years old, fucking buy new ones. Uh, we live in a land that has what's called Amazon. And, like, they will shoot shit to your house with a cannon. And they'll drop it off with, like, <laughs> Russian fucking drones and shit. You can order stainless steel brake hoses... I heard like, they're pioneering uh, technology like Star Trek. They're literally... But even if your fucking brake hoses are from the Great Rock Candy Mountain of Zhangzhou Province, China, <laughs> they're still better than the 30-year-old shit that's on your Kawasaki you know, KZ400 or your fucking you know, Honda CB750K. They're, they're garbage. I mean, every bike that comes into the shop, when you can squeeze the brake line, you squeeze, just grab the fucking handle of your motorcycle, grab it, and see if you can squeeze it all the way to the bar. Because if you have hydraulic brakes on your motorcycle and you can make that lever go to the fucking grip, you don't have hydraulic brakes on your motorcycle anymore. You have air over oil. It goes for your clutch too. Yeah, it's also if you have hydraulics. Hydraulics, right? Hydraulics are hydraulics are not something that are changed once a lifetime. And if you buy new brake lines, buy the stainless steel ones. Sure, don't stretch as much. And if you really want to spend the money, get the ones with the Teflon lining inside. Of course, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to go cheap. Right. 
Even if you do go cheap, they're better than the shit that's on the motorcycle from the manufacturer. I guarantee in 1978, when your shit rolled out of Kobe, Japan, or Kawasaki, or wherever, when your bike rolled out, it had the cheapest brake hoses they could put on. Nobody was going like, oh, we're going to put really delicious brake hoses on these things for these fucking round-eyed idiots. No, we're going to put the cheapest shit we can put on it. That's why the stuff didn't roll out with Brembo's on it or whatever. They are building things to a price point even 30, 40 years ago. So it's that, and it's thirty or forty years old. Unless it was the first year, then, yeah, it, was, then it had right, all yeah, the good then shit. Then all the good shit. Right? <laughs> but if it was mass produced, it was mass produced cheaply. So now it's your motorcycle, and I don't care if the bike's thirty years old or forty years old. There's two things involved: one, it's your ass, and two, it's the other people riding with you. So it'd be great if you could stop, because when you're on a group ride and we all stop and you don't, you're the asshole. You know that's. Brake hoses and brakes are more important. God, than anything man, else. fucking hell, so man! I can just go on, I can just go on eBay and buy some nice low mileage ones that have been yeah, dismantled off a nineteen seventy. Taken off a running bike. <laughs> Here's a picture of the bike running. Yeah. Here's a video of the bike running. Yeah, we took these off a ZL nine hundred. Very low miles. Yeah, yeah, very low miles. Right. Yeah. The bike ran great, so yeah. we took it all apart. Right. So we took it completely apart. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's always it. That's because where it we. It ran so great. Oh well, we got that Chinese. Uh, no, not Chinese. We got that actual Japanese Bandit twelve hundred rear brake rotor because my customer didn't want to spend money on a real one. So my customer is like, you know, like you can you can just hear the plating coming off the pennies in his pocket, and kind of like every Dodge brake rotor that was ever made. <laughs> After one well, year, the whole outside, the whole skin of the rotor just flakes off and just it's literally just comes off in sheets. Yeah, and then it's well, just rust. This thing came in, and it looked Sorry. like when we were small children, we had a Fisher Price record player that had multicolored plastic discs. Oh God, I had that right. And you, you crank the little thing up, and you put the multicolored plastic <laughs> disc on there. And like, I just played it last night. And that's all it was. It was basically a music box with much bigger moving parts, right? But that plastic <clears throat> disc is what the Bandit rotor looked like. When it came to us... No, the plastic dis- disc was better than what... The bandit rotor looked like. <laughs> and when the bandit r- rotor showed up, I went, I had to go back and look at the eBay listing. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't see the word looks like the surface of the moon in the eBay description. No, it said taken off of a low mileage bike in excellent condition. It wasn't excellent condition by Edison gramophone standards. It was <laughs> shit. It was garbage by any standard, and I couldn't believe it. And I was That's like, "It's an excellent condition by Ray Charles standard." No, <laughs> Stevie Wonder. No, that fucker was no. messed up. Egy- blind Egyptian people could read hieroglyphics off this shit. Yeah, it was, was, was like, going to say yeah. Stevie Wonder could probably like read something. Yeah, on you, uh, it was. Yeah, it was like Do yeah, worn pieces. This, yeah. Yeah. It says this it motorcycle sucks. crashed. Yeah, <laughs> low mi- taken off a low mileage, excellent condition. Fuck that. I wrote the guy back an email, and I, was just, I sent a picture of a spot on it where you could see about a two-millimeter groove in this thing. And not only that, but on the side of every rotor is printed the minimum thickness. Okay, one, if you can feel anything other than the holes what are drilled in the rotor to keep it cool and clean, if you can feel anything other than that, it's not good. If you find a machine shop who's willing to turn the shit down, good for you. 
but they're probably going to turn it past the minimum thickness guide that's stamped on every piece of fucking rotor. Why is there a minimum thickness guide on there? Because they don't want to pay your attorney and the rest of your family when you die. That's why they do it. The shit isn't that expensive to buy new. You can buy a new one for about 70 or 80 bucks for a fresh rotor that comes in a bag that has the name of the people who built your motorcycle on it. That's an interesting point. The name of the people who built your motorcycle, right on the side of the bag. When possible, buy OEM parts. You can buy braking and shit like that. That stuff does also come from, like, Guangzhou or, you know, Shaolin or whatever the fuck. But it's at least better than the crap that's on your bike right now. I don't... When I'm thinking about doing brakes, I'm really not thinking about, this is a great time to save six bucks. Uh, you know, how long is it going to be before they come out with, like, servo brakes? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, servo brakes, <laughs> no, no, it's already there. If, if you have an Aprilia, dude, if you have an Aprilia Scarabeo 500 from, like, ten years ago, that shit had power brakes. You know, that well, had, I mean, the BMWs do, yeah. but I'm saying yeah. eliminate, like, like yeah. they went to fly-by-wire yeah. throttles. Yeah. So there's, it's only a matter of time. Now they have power steering that's just electric power steering. You don't need it so because I can still lock a brake. Out. Yeah, I'm right. just saying. They're right. going to eliminate. Um, I, I think at some point... I can use two fingers. Yeah. Giggity. <laughs> and I can use two fingers and totally lock a front wheel to the point where it's skidding. So if I can use two fingers and lock the front wheel, then we don't need any more power. we got the power figured right. out. We've got the pushing of fluid... From point A to no, point B and C. Power. I'm oh. saying eliminate liquid. Oh, eliminate the liquid as a weak link in the system. Right, and right. just have it so that the yeah. brake itself is like right. electrically operated. Sure. And sure. But yeah. I, mean, I guess that's. But the liquid is a great way to get motive power because remember the Honda CB200 had a front disc brake, but it was cable operated. <laughs> and if you ever wanted to feel like a bad front brake, like technically it was a disc brake. I mean, yeah, there was a disc there. And Lambrettas also had disc brakes in the early 60s as well. Technically, they were disc brakes. Now, were they better? Oh, no. No. No way. The transmission of power through the cable to that little arm that rotates and fakes you into believing that you've got a disc brake there and all that extra braking authority, it's no substitute for an actual piston pump that is like... Have you ever worked with a port of power? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you've ever worked with a port of power... You know that by moving something here six inches, you can lift a house an eighth of an inch. Mm -hmm. That's the magic of hydraulics. I mean, firefighters, you guys rely on that to rescue yeah. people's lives every day. Um, that's the whole... Every day. Well, yeah, because you're a fucking hero, <laughs> clearly. You rescue three people on the way here. Is well, that what firefighters do? Well, 24 on, 48 off. Yeah. <laughs> every third day. Yeah, every third exactly. day. The every other two days I'm an electrician. <laughs> the other two days I'm an electrician or yeah. contractor or whatever the hell I am. Landlord. Yeah. Exactly. But that's kind of the thing is the hydraulic system, it's not a bad system, but you got to do your part. you got to realize that the brake fluid, it's got maybe three or four years in it. And brake fluid is not compressible, so right. or nor is water or oil or anything else. Right, there's a whole list of shit that shouldn't be compressible. <laughs> but is it compressible in a black hole? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. We'll have to have Neil and deGrasse Tyson on the show. Yeah. That's why that cable-operated disc brake is so shitty, because right. that cable can always stretch. Oh, the, the cable's going to stretch. The metal yeah. can always deflect. Right, yeah. There's going to be things that are different. The uh, What I... Don't 
I mean, through that. any liquid in there can work. But the point is you want your brakes to work right. So just fucking replace shit. Please replace stuff. Get rid of the crap that's in there now. Clean all that crap out. The I And use the right brake fluid. You, uh, yes. That was going to be my yeah. next point. Yeah, Do you know how you figure out which brake fluid to use? Yeah, read the um, It says... Open your fucking eyes. It's literally looking at you. Yeah, it's on the top of the right. cap of your master If your motorcycle cylinder. doesn't have the information printed on the cap of the motorcycle, <clears throat> the master cylinder, of what type of brake fluid you should use... There's a thing called Google. Well, no. If it's not printed there, you have a very old fucking motorcycle. Just because, taste it. See what it tastes like. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. the Dot 5, purple. Tastes like grapes. Yeah. yeah, and and Fake we grape. we figured out a little while ago. The dot four tastes like cancer. <laughs> we figured out a little while ago that you can always go up, but yeah. you cannot yeah, go you down. Can always go up, but you can't go down. So and that's a fairly if, good thing to remember. I if you, one of them is not compatible with anything. Though. I mean, I yeah, one of the apps yeah, is I don't not know if I agree no, it's with uh, the 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 dot three dot four dot five. It's a heat yeah. range. So if your bike calls for dot three, dot five is pure silicone. Yeah, and you only have dot four. Yeah, five you're possible. you're okay to pour dot four in the, into a bike that calls for dot three yeah, because I agree with it agree, yeah. it it meets the heat. Do you range. know what I agree with? But you can't put dot three into a dot four bike. Use what it says on the cap. Exactly. You can, I don't think you can put dot five in a dot three bike either. Nope, you can't. <clears throat> no, you because can't. Because dot five yeah, is dot full five, synthetic. Yeah, and dot, dot five, five is totally will get different. Past, and dot five will get past anything that was engineered to run <clears throat> dot three. Dot five is going to sneak past. And a lot of the rubbers and stuff were yep. not compatible with Absolutely. The, the... Absolutely. I can tell you, yeah. mineral oil... Hey, you know what? I have a... Heard... Rubber <laughs> yeah. right. I think the, I think the rule that Dustin's thinking of is you can go up one. So, yeah. like, you can put but, dot but, five but, and dot but, four, but, you can put dot Between four dot three and dot three. four. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can yeah. always go up, but never three down. fours. I mean, they, a lot of the, the brake fluid says dot three, four. Right. So you could have... Yeah. I mean, it's The vest, and it's been my experience, like, with the Ducatis, with the Ducatis, they spec dot five. So Ducati's just manufacture specs dot five. That's the way they run. A lot of the Brembo stuff specs dot five. Do you know what I'm going to put in it? Dot five. Guess. Dot five. Exactly. Right. That's Do you know six. why? Because they make it. Because I can buy it. Do you know when I'm not going to put dot five in it? When the difference between me getting home and not getting home is having literally nothing in my brakes. That's the only time I will deviate from what it says on my master cylinder is when it is nothing, like literally, it's getting home or not getting home because of the lack of brakes. In which case, if you have nothing, yeah, you can piss in a master cylinder. I've seen people do it. It works. It will get you <laughs> slowed down. It will. It, I've seen it done. It, I, it, it, will, it will slow you down. It is a non-compressible fluid. Yeah. Right. Do you know what stops better than air? Virtually anything. <laughs> Right. Better than air in your brake lines is virtually anything. And that's fine, but it will all get you taken care of. And in fact, you might clean the lines out, which will prepare you for the brake job you're about to do. Probably a rotten thing to do to your mechanic. So, uh, oh, and this week, if you have slime in your tires, please tell your mechanic. Yo, oh, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought a 65 Cub. Yeah. So... Obviously, it's got tubes, yeah. tires. Yeah. The guy slimed his tube when it blew out, and the whole wheel was. He's like, a real special kind of stupid, isn't he? <laughs> was, he put like literally that, a gallon of slime it in there. It was so disgusting. Uh, that stuff is horrible. It is. 
If you're using tubeless slime and your the side of the jar of slime or the slide the side of the container of slime says, you know, for this XYZ size tire, put in seven ounces or eight ounces. Okay. Three years later, it's still gonna be liquid. It's still gonna be water running around in the bottom of your tire. If you slime your tire, you can take the balancing weights on your tire and throw them in the street because they're not doing anything anymore because the weight of the slime in the tire is now balancing that fucking tire. And there are liquid balancers and there are products that you can buy and people will try to sell them <coughs> that are liquid dynamic That's balancers. The, the same way those little balls work, right? Balls, Dynabeads, yeah. the same way. That's all the same stuff. It is all dynamic balancing. And I'm doing a little experiment right now in my world with where BBs. BBs and airsoft pellets and some other stuff that we're playing with in the tires of the Tundra, and it's been working really good so far. It's great because the uh, the one kid came with a little gun. Yeah, we got we got a free gun. <laughs> I shoot yeah. the kid with it all in the day airsoft long. pellet container. <laughs> in the container of airsoft pellets, there was a Colt twenty five, like a proper Colt twenty five made of see through plastic. Remarkable accurate representation of a little Colt pocket gun. But yeah, it's a cock it, pop it. And so. Are you having uh, like vibration issues on the Tundra or? No, no. Well, we were. Uh, when we had the old tires on it, they were all over the fucking place. You know, we had one tire at 60, we had one tire at yeah. 75, we had one tire at 80. So it was a fucking dog's breakfast. I mean, they were everywhere. But we got, I got brought new tires. And of course, like me, you know, I always buy way too much tire. So I spent, I got good tires. But I was thinking, I was like, well, we're going to balance these out. I only own a motorcycle balancer. Uh, my motorcycle balancer is not capable of being converted over to be a car tire balancer. And I was going to do just a bubble balancer because I got one of those. And I was like, you know what? Fuck all that. I'm going to do dynamic balancing on a much higher scale. So I read some forums and checked some stuff out. And everybody sort of had an opinion. So in one tire, I put uh, zinc-plated BBs, like regular BBs. uh, And in uh, about six ounces. Because that's for the size tires I'm running. That's what they recommended. Mm-hmm. And then in another wheel, I put the yellow uh, low-density airsoft pellets. And then in the other wheel, I put the gray high-density airsoft pellets. And then the other wheel, I did traditional static balancing. So in each one of the four wheels on my Tundra, we have four different systems. And they're marked on the rims, What which, what is what. And uh, so we'll see. It's a little test. Now, what I can tell you is that 95 miles an hour down the road, this fucking thing, you know, that truck is a 2000. It has 250,000 miles on it. And it's dead on balls accurate at 95 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. And I get to shoot our shop kit all the time. Right. And we have a surplus. (laughs) And I just did my mom's CRV and I put three ounces of, I put three ounces of airsoft pellets in each wheel of my mom's CRV. And uh, it's also the same thing. It's also perfectly smooth now there's no deviation they are working correctly the dynamic balancing is effective See, that's now, the problem i had with my tundra yeah and i, I don't know how many times i had the wheels balanced i did too i, I kind of gave up on it and then know, know what it was what somebody had the drive shaft off prior to me buying it uh-oh and they rotated the carton like Oh, no, no. They were 90 <laughs> degrees out on the card? Right. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's and not so right. So how are you going to figure you that out? You can't do that. You can't yeah. figure so that out. So they took the drive shaft Oh, that'll out. drive you mad. And it, mm. it, it drove me crazy. That's I don't insane. Know, how, many, how much money I spent on balancing I bal- yeah. front end alignments, all that stuff. And it was because And it's a guy, moving target. You'll never fix it. Because the guy had rotated the card. Yeah. 
Oh, so, man. Mark it before you take it apart. Right. And that's on any shaft drive motorcycle, too. little tip, tech tip for your Uncle Phil. Before you ever take any part of a shaft drive motorcycle system apart, take the sharp end of your knife and put a scratch in it. Make lines at the front and the back so that when you put the bitch back together again, you put them in the exact same configuration they were when they left the factory. Right. You'd be amazed how a smooth motorcycle can become a not-so-smooth motorcycle when you get that shit 35 or 40 degrees off. Yeah, the bike will tend to develop a little shudder in it that you didn't have before. You'll think, weird harmonics, I don't know. I think you got a bad tire. No, you don't have a bad tire. No, you're literally four or five teeth off on your drive shaft. And it's they're, they're meant to go together the way they're meant to go together. Those parts are balanced at the factory. They do a lot of work on a motorcycle before they build it. Go figure. Strange. But they do it so that you can have a better experience and so the bike can stay out of the... Part of it's balancing wonky. the actual yeah. weight moving around. Yeah. Part of it is the rear angle, the front rear, whatever. One angle has to yes. cancel the other angle. That's exactly right. If you yeah. don't, even if the fucker is in balance right. weight-wise, yeah. you're going to get angle-wise. You're off. That's a good point. The vibration. Of That's an excellent point. Drive you up a wall. Yeah, because <clears> it'll be there at it'll X be... RPM, but it won't be there at this RPM, and oh, it'll come back. God. That's a harmonic. That's uh, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. The harmonics are a bear in electricity. Yeah. Yeah. They're a bear in, in just yeah. ro- anything rotational in Audio DC electricity. Yeah. <laughs> mark stuff. Well, it, it, it costs you nothing to put a scratch mark on something when you take something apart. Mm-hmm. It's, it is so easy to literally just go, beep, you know, Sharpie marker, whatever you want to do. Put a mark on something so when you put it back together, it's going to the same location. Uh, we have had customers chase their tail on timing that is 180 degrees out. We've had customers chase their tail on all kinds of problems. And they're like, I've done this 15 times. I can't figure it out. And then you get it apart and you get it down to the fucking crank and you realize, nope, it was out of index when they put it together. <laughs> oh, that hurts. That's painful. You know, yeah, congratulations. You did a motor rebuild, but you missed it by this much. <laughs> Literally this much. And had you been 25 degrees over this way or 25 degrees over that way, it wouldn't have run at all. It wouldn't have given you a hope and shit of running. But it gave you just enough hope to run, and you're like, it ran, but it ran like shit. Or it ran on one instead of running on three or four. And that's usually when somebody assembles something and they're out of, they're just off a little bit. Um, going back to brakes, if we could, to get back to where we were. Squirrel. I know. <laughs> Hard squirrels around here tonight. But not kidding about the, uh, not kidding about when you do your brakes on your motorcycle. Um, it's not really hard to do. You don't need to buy a lot of special tools to do brakes. Uh, they do make rebuild components for every part of your brake system. If you're driving a motorcycle that's a mass-produced motorcycle... You can purchase either the O-ring kit or you can purchase the entire plunger out of your master cylinder. It's up to you to decide what you're going to purchase. But when you do it, there's a bunch of holes in that shit. Make sure every hole that's in there, fluid can pass through. Because if it can't, it is not going to close the same way that it opens or vice versa. It's a good time to get the little brass bristle out of a, a brush and pass it through a whole bunch of stuff. Get every hole in that thing. Make sure it's clean. If you can't get a bristle through it, buy a new one. That's just what it comes down to. If you're running a vintage Honda, uh, what's it called? 4into1.com has got complete fucking master cylinders. The whole thing. The lever, the pump, the clamp, 
the perch, all of it in one kit, 40 or 50 bucks. It, you can't buy the rebuild kit for that cheap. And it's a brand new pump. It's going to work great. It's going to save you a ton of time, save you a ton of labor. You can do that super easy. And they've got square ones. They've got round ones, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Honda. they got them all right there. And they do work good. I think we've had, out of about 20 of them that I've ordered, I think we had one bad one. And they refunded our money cheerfully. So it's not, you know, not the worst thing to replace components rather than try to resurrect something that's old and pitted and nasty. Uh, it's about, I mean, that's really about what it comes down to with brakes. The, if you want to, if you got drum brakes on your motorcycle, if you're hardcore and you got drum fronts, do some research. It's fun. You can learn how to tune a front drum brake. They work real good if you know how to set them up. They work better than you think they do. And they are adjustable. When you get a, a leading shoe and a trailing shoe front brake setup, drum brake setup, it's kind of impressive when you get them set right how well they work. However, if you don't know how to set them up, they'll barely stop you at all. <laughs> they're barely they're barely there for you whatsoever. They're uh, they're not real good. The uh, the other thing about brakes in general is. Keep shit clean. Keep all the lubricants off of it. Brake parts cleaner is uh, its not a dessert topping. It is fucking dangerous. Um, if you live in California and you unfortunately only have the non-chlorinated brake parts cleaner, we're sorry for you. Sucks to be you. Sucks to be you. <laughs> Thanks for using Simple Green on your brakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, just remember that brake parts cleaner is really, really bad for you. Um, if you know it by taste, then it'll take the it'll take the paint off your bike. It's good at brake parts cleaner is kind of magical. Like it's one of those things that we kind of keep in our back pocket as going, well, you know, do you use brake parts cleaner? <laughs> Whatever your problem is, brake parts brake parts cleaner will either solve the problem or ruin what the problem is sitting. Not on. to be used in accordance with <laughs> to be used in accordance with all federal and state laws. Yeah, brake parts cleaner known is, to the yeah, state of yeah, California yeah. to cause yeah. leprosy. Known to the state of known to the state of anybody to cause momentary temporary blindness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever working with that shit, engage your safety Damn squints. It. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Took my glasses. Do, oh yeah, your glasses are ruined because of brake parts cleaner. <laughs> if you right. do but wish it's not to, your eyes. Yeah. if you do yeah. wish to reuse any, at least I can see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, say, I, I would always advocate replacing the piston uh, seal. seal rings on the piston, seals yeah, yeah, on the pistons, stuff like yeah. that. But I mean, yep. yeah, yeah, you know, if you if you don't wind up buying a kit or if you get a partial yep. kit or whatever, if you want to reuse any of it, like the bellows or whatever, yeah. the, the the boot, yeah. if you will, the boot. Don't let brake parts cleaner come in contact with it. <laughs> yes, because as good as brake fluid is at being brake fluid, brake yeah. parts cleaner natural tendency is to destroy anything organic. Whatever is organic. I mean, yeah. brake parts. It's like a spit from alien. It is. <laughs> it is amazing at the way it destroys. Fuck up the lens of your favorite flashlight, too. It'll fuck up any goddamn thing. Yeah. yeah. Brake parts cleaner will fuck up anything organic it touches. It is the, one of those perfect chemicals on the planet. It just fucks shit up. But by the same token, it will take off virtually anything you've spilled on anything mm -hmm. else. You know, if you're using it on the brake rotor, if you're using on stuff that does need to be cleaned up, it does work fucking great. Uh, another, another little trick that our good uh, late friend Mark McDermott uh, 
showed me was uh, if you're working on an old carburetor yeah. and you don't have a new float bowl gasket uh-huh. and your float bowl gasket is kind of flattened out, yeah. spray it with brake parts cleaner. Oh. And when it, it swells and up. it swells, and boom. Put, put it, it on together. real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a McDermott special, right? That there. was it. That, that was is a totally McDermott a dirt special. Dirt special. <laughs> I like that. That is that is truly a Be dirt special. Be ready to catch that fucker at the right time, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because they will jump out of there. You've waited too long. Oh, it's yeah. jumped out of the groove now. Yeah, you yeah. got to spray yeah. it on there yeah. and just go, boop. It literally is like one of those little, like magic expanding dinosaurs. Say, it's it's <laughs> totally. like pulling the cord in a life raft. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is about how much time you have. Or to catch that it situation. also reminds me of my first merit. No. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, that's not one I would recommend unless you're awesome smooth. Like if you're Mister Smooth and you're like, yeah, this float bowl gasket's kind of shitty, but I got this brake parts cleaner over here. I guess it's better than putting RTV on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. way better. Yeah. Never do that. Yeah, never put our never. TV anywhere gasoline goes or yeah. it goes. That's just a bad move. We just the don't. Uh, oh, and if you're gonna buy bleeders, so you're gonna you're gonna rebuild your brakes, right? You're gonna buy bleeders. Do you know the difference between bleeders and bleeders and speed bleeders? Four dollars. Mm. Yep. Check fails, you know? yep. Mm-hmm. Speed bleeders cost four dollars more than regular bleeders. So if you're gonna go to the trouble of putting, you know, every caliper you have has a bleeder on it. You could spend literally $12 more and live the lonely life you live and never ask anybody else for help bleeding your brakes ever again. Because you could put speed bleeders on all your calipers for an extra 12 bucks. And speed bleeders are magic. I mean, they are fun. Uh, I think that's going to be that. Because you don't need to have seven inch long, (laughs) seven feet long arms. That's going to be the name of my next band. The speed bleeders. The speed bleeders, yeah. (laughs) Speed bleeders are great. I also believe that when you're bleeding brakes, there's no substitute for like eight feet of hose. If you have enough hose, you can. There's nothing you cannot do with enough if hose. If you have right. enough hose, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. Steve's next band is going to be eight feet of hose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't need to get into the world of like vampires and Dynavax and Mighty Vax and, you know. You know all the anti-vaxxers out there. The you don't need to have any of that if you've got a really long hose and an eight millimeter wrench, because you can slide the eight millimeter open end wrench over that fucking nipple, put the hose on it, quarter inch hose, and that's why my wife is so happy. Run it all the way up to the handlebars so it's right next to the master cylinder, and guess where bubbles go? One direction, man. They all go up. Bubbles fucking go up. That's just where they do. Or if you have a gold where you just take. At a party, you open the bleeder, you just pour fluid. Pour fluid in it. <laughs> and it just, it just goes right through that master cylinder, right out the hole. So. That's why you buy the industrial sized yeah. bucket of fluid. That's why you buy the gallon the of fluid. Gallon drum right. of right. fluid. Because that's how you bleed the brakes on a gold wing. Yeah. Right. You bleed the brakes on a gold wing one gallon at a time. The, uh, you remove the amber first, though. Right. Yes, that's true. That's right. <laughs> the amber yep. in the brakes, so yep. the reservoir is just. Yep. Yeah, the crusted, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that literally has ancient dinosaurs and shit living in it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's probably like a frozen mosquito in there. Oh my god! Yeah, you look in those windows and you're like, "Is that a sight window?" No, it's not. It's been black for thirty years. You can't see anything in there. There's no way. That's how Jurassic Park started. Yeah, it is. It's been yeah. black like your soul. The, uh, if you ju- if you literally if you put a hose on there, you don't need fancy brake bleeding equipment. If you've got a length of hose, all you have to do is. Remember that when you squeeze, when you have the top off of your master cylinder, 
squeeze fucking slowly. Super duper slowly. The difference between an eye full of brake fluid and a mission accomplished <laughs> is like the dis- difference between touching your dick and touching somebody else's dick. <laughs> when you touch your dick, you rush right in. You know, you've been there a bunch of times. When you have to touch somebody else's dick, you approach that situation very carefully, very slowly, and you're like, just as little as humanly possible to say, like, oh, look, yeah. I touched it, I'm done. I hope I right. don't ever have to touch anyone else's dick. <laughs> You're gonna be a doc. If you're gonna be a doctor someday, you might just touch somebody else's dick. You don't do it like grab the dick. You know, right? That's it. Someday you might have to grab a dick. Yeah. What if your friend? What if your friend gets bit by a poisonous snake on his dick? You might have to grab his dick. He's dead. (laughs) Doctor says you're gonna die. I have a question. I I have something that I do not know about master cylinders. Okay. Okay. You know on a gold when you take a gold one apart. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm coming. <laughs> so Steve Hoffer doesn't know. No, there's like a little tiny metal like flap in there. Is that a check valve? The flap where? In okay, so you take apart a gold wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then right in the bottom where the right where the hole is. Where, yeah, there's, there's a little. little there's metal. literally a little brass plate. Yeah, it's like a. It's the size yeah. of a. Yeah, that's check valve. Okay, yeah, that's that's, check. Uh, that's what I thought yeah. it was, but yeah. I when you press it new. when you. When you energize it, when you energize it, you'll see the brass in it, and when you back off of it, you won't see the brass in it. You talking about in the reservoir or in the plunger? No, in the reservoir itself. Yeah, in the reservoir. Right in the bottom. Right in the bottom. Right the there's bottom. A, that uh, like it's a channel. Yeah. But and then there's a yep. hole that sticks up a little bit, but yep. there's like a little tiny round yeah. metal plate with That's, two like little legs on it. Yep. Isn't that for when you let off of it for so it can fill the? Yeah, so it can replenish. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the. I think that's what that is. I think that's what he's seeing. Yeah, I, just, I haven't seen it in other bikes. I do see it in the Goldwing, though. Yeah, but I'm not sure exactly why it is. But it's and the rear brakes. It's not in the front. No, it is in the front. It's in the front. Yeah, it was okay. in the front. I saw it in the rears. But it's a yeah. little tiny. I mean, it's the size of a. I don't know. Eighth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah, eighth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's that big. It's, it's that big. It's calibrated. You look, look at your radio. Right. Look at your radio, and we'll tell you exactly what it is. The uh, and now Steve Hoffert knows that everything. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you do the down and dirty way, the down and the dirty way to bleed your brakes, all you need is six feet of hose. That's it, and you need a, a can of brake fluid, and. Just a take brand new can of brake fluid. You know, I don't subscribe to that. Really? Because well, I'm a shop. So well, you're shop. You're turning over. But. We're turning over at least once a year. <laughs> we go through a gallon, a quart, about yeah. As, as long right. as you, you know, right. when you go to use it, you take the cap off, you right. pour a little in, and you recap it. Right. Exactly. Don't leave it sitting don't on the sitting on the bench. Right. Pressure goes and fills that void. That's whatever's right. in there. Right. Right. And That's true. On a humid summer day, there's going right. to be a lot of moisture. Tons in there, of moisture, which Absolutely. is going to then be absorbed into the. Mm. The shop never right. works on humid days. Right. But I will say this. I'm gonna, the fluid. You're the, right. The next time you open the right. cap to pour some more off. Right. Some more. Yeah, yeah, When you get I down to there. I agree. For well, the home we, gamer. We, we keep all our brake fluid in the refrigerator. No, no. We keep it in the air. We keep vacuum it in chamber. a vacuum. Yeah, vacuum chamber. <laughs> <laughs> no, think about it. If you have like a, just a couple ounces no, worth of No, we do keep space. it in a vacuum chamber because... It kind of sucks at our shop, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, okay, uh, you're right. Pete's absolutely right. If you're going to do your brakes for the home gamer, absolutely buy a new fucking pint of brake fluid. Right. A pint is more than you need. 
Um, you can get real splashy with it and still have left, plenty left over the pint. Put the hose on the bleeder valve, uh, a.k.a. the nipple. Run the hose up to the handlebars. Take a piece of whatever your favorite strapping or lashing material or tape is. Tape it around the master cylinder at the top, okay, so that the hose is six inches higher than the master, okay? Then squeeze very gently, and you can squeeze the fluid from the master cylinder once you've filled it all up and once you've gotten rid of all the shitty, old, nasty, brown, fucking crap, creosote-colored garbage that was in the I motorcycle. Suck it up. You know, I yeah, I pump it, it out. Yeah. I pump <laughs> that shit out into a bucket yeah. on the floor. I put the hose down, and I pump from the top to the bottom because gravity yeah. works that way. Well, but yeah. Steve, like Steve's saying, now, yeah. you take the reservoir lid off, yeah. take a turkey baster, yep. suck, suck it out, all shit get rid of it. And then it's garbage. Wipe, I always wipe it out, too. Yeah. Wipe it out of the towel. Like, yeah. There's, there's garbage floating around in there. Yeah. It's shit. The turkey baster method, or you just take a <laughs> towel and the towel soak everything up. Just get all that crap out of there. Get all of it out. Clean it out at the top. Put your fresh fluid in and pump it to the bottom because all the shit goes downhill. And you know what? If you're going to fucking be there, and if the hoses are... That's the time to replace the hoses. Do the hoses right then and there. Put new crush washers in. Crush oh, washers. God. That's important. They have them at AutoZone. Crush washers are meant to be used one time. They're because called crush they... washers. They crush. They're they deformed. Crush. They're copper. They crush. They're <laughs> fantastic. Have I used them more than once? You bet your ass I have. Should you, if you're doing... No, you shouldn't. Right? If it, you know, oh, great, I got it all together and it doesn't leak. Okay, cool. But six months later or three months later, it does leak and crush crush washers come in a bag of a dozen for about $3. So, yeah, squeeze all the fucking fluid out. Then once you get all the bad fluid out and everything's clear the color of the new brake fluid you just paid for, put the hose up high, zip tie it or tape it to your master cylinder, and that's when the slow pumps come in. And the slow pumps are until all the bubbles are gone. When all the bubbles are gone and there's no more bubbles coming out the top and there's no bubbles coming down the bottom, squeeze it and turn the wrench and tighten the fucker. Close it. Three more pumps. It's pumped up. You're done. Give it about 400 pumps and then crack the bleeder again. You will find more bubbles. Mm -hmm. And you do that two or three times and your brakes are bled and you're finished. And you don't need fancy tools. You don't need Mighty Vax. You don't need all that stuff. It's how our ancestors did it. On their disc brakes in the cave. It's how the cavemen did it's it. It's how the cavemen did it. It's how Christopher Columbus put the disc brakes. Runches made out of bones. Right. But it, it's, Christopher Columbus yeah. bled the brakes on the Santa Maria. It's, I mean, it really is. It's tough to. It's really, really tough to understand how bad brakes are in general. I've the Ducati that's parked over there has no rear brakes. The bike is a 2013. That means the bike is four fucking years old. It has no rear brakes. It came into the shop as an 1,100cc sport bike with 3,900 miles on it and no fucking rear brakes. I don't know where they went. Hmm. Did they get tired and go back to Italy? I'm not sure. <laughs> but Probably those Italians are kind of lazy. I'm, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw some new Dot Five in there and pump it up because no. most of the time, <clears throat> what people don't know is hydraulic brake systems, when they're working correctly, are kind of self-servicing. They do replace the bubbles. They replace the bubbles in the air with the diaphragm that expands inside the master cylinder. That's why they work the way they do. They're kind of magical when you think about it. 
the air bubbles that do get into the system do end up in the master and are offset by the diaphragm or the bellows that are inside of it. The system is kind of brilliant. It really is. If you look at old cars when, you know, you would have four-wheel hydraulic drum brakes and you'd see these massive brake reservoirs on non-power brake assemblies, no brake booster at all. It's kind of incredible that your foot could stop a two-ton car fairly okay. I mean, my my 71 Econoline with juice brakes at all four corners, I'd stand that thing on its fucking nose. Italian bikes use mama's gravy. <laughs> <laughs> no, double double virgin olive oil. <laughs> Spaghetti sauce. Only from the ugliest possible olives. Yes, double virgin. Yeah. The but it was it surprised me that, that really we had a bike pretty well. Yeah. It surprised me we had a bike from 2013 that had absolutely no rear brakes on it. So, it came in that way. Like that's that's a pretty major failure. And I'm a person that doesn't really use a lot of rear brake in the normal day-to-day activity, so I'm not. I can pretty much live a life without a rear brake, but because you don't want to get spit off your bike. Ah, <laughs> I think that's. I think that. I believe that my rear brake pedal is hooked to my wallet. <laughs> so every time I use my rear brake pedal, it turns my propulsion system into a braking system, and that wears my propulsion system out quicker. And I like to replace my front tire and my back tire at about the same time. And that won't happen if I'm using my rear brake. So it's like I'll, I, I, I'm extra awesome with the front brake to know that I'm evening out my use of tires on the rear. Cause I like I, engine braking. Engine braking. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I, don't I never yeah. go fast enough to use the brake. I, I, I like, <laughs> like using a whole lot of front brake, and I like that. I mean, I really enjoy that. And when I do use a rear brake on something... Like, when I ride vintage scooters now that I've been doing more and more front braking, well, vintage scooters, the front brake on a vintage scooter is not even a suggestion. The front brake on a a vintage scooter is... I was going to say, it's barely a suggestion. It's crap. There's no better way to put it. It's garbage. uh, I don't don't know why that was the best answer. It really doesn't seem possible if that was ever like, (laughs) here, this is brand new. You bought it at the dealership. How does it work? Oh, fucking barely works at all yeah and i've ridden i've ridden them brand new bike out of the crate like that bajaj over there has got no miles on it. it's fresh as fresh can be take that thing out and grab a whole handful of front brake you know what happens precisely nothing yeah, yeah. originally anti-lock brakes yeah yeah they're anti-lock all right you know you know why they're anti-lock because they're anti-work they're anti-stop they're anti-slow they're anti-work they're anti-everything they don't do anything but it's a good thing that your foot is a lot stronger than your hand because when you lean on that, the front brake cable is like an eighth of an inch. The back brake cable is like a rod. Inch rod. It is like, <laughs> it is crazy. You could pull a boat out of the water with a back cable. <laughs> and you're using your foot to activate it. It's a wonder the back tires on vintage Vespas lasted like 300 miles. Because it made it go and it was the only thing that had a chance in shit making it stop. And every panic stop I've ever come to has been sideways. On a Vespa. Like, if it's a panic stop, you'll know. Because my one leg's down and the bike's laying on it. (laughs) Well, you waited the last second on that one. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. That's the way that shit works. The, uh... Yeah, that's about it. The, uh... Dustin dropped the shit out of the last podcast. And, uh... Oh, holy shit. He dropped it fast. Oh, we're done. (laughs) The, uh... We want to say, uh... For everyone who does listen, Dustin's going to drop this one fast, too. Because we got some stuff coming up. Yep. Uh... We were uh, we were right and wrong about Nikki 
when we dropped the podcast about Nikki Hayden, it was not confirmed yet that he had passed, although, you know, he, the internet room, the room. But Nikki, of course, if you're listening to this, you probably know that um, the Kentucky kid has left this motor coil, this motor coil, yeah. Motor, oh, no, motor no coil. for him, it's for, a motor coil. Motor coil, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's uh, he's gone. And uh, Go back and watch some YouTube videos. Watch him race. Uh, him fighting with Valentino Rossi is probably one of my favorite, favorite ways to spend an afternoon. Uh, nobody, those two guys, when they were going head-to-head, were kind of the definition of what challenging was. The... Uh, Rossi did say some very nice words about him. You know what? They're they're consummate sportsmen, but they're also jackasses and fun, and they're having a good time in life. And I can't say enough good Rob, about him. Robertson and Sheen all over again. Yep, it really is. And they yeah. they bring to they bring back to the forefront that it's not just technical, it's not just numbers, it's not just computers. It's people on these motorcycles too that make them do what they do. And when I when you watched Nikki ride and you saw what he did and the heart he put into it. Um, young guy taken taken off the planet way too fucking early. Just proves bicycles are goddamn dangerous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he died on a bicycle. Can go out and race on the world's fastest he motorcycles died on, a on the planet. Sedan. Exactly, right. that's <laughs> true. But seriously, can go out and race on a racetrack. And I'm, people always say motorcycles are dangerous. No, man. What's dangerous is when you bring a knife to a gunfight. What's dangerous is when you're on a bicycle and you get hit by a Peugeot. What's dangerous is anytime there's this huge inequality. And when you're all on motorcycles and you're all going the same direction on the racetrack, it sounds insane, but that's remarkably safe. Mm-hmm. And and it's a, it's a terrible thing that we had to lose a guy like that anyway because he was a perfect representation of the young guy that goes out and he's got his family with him and everybody, there was a lot of love in that operation. So it really made it fun to watch. I had the only had the occasion to meet him a couple of times, and he was always extremely funny, extremely hilarious, self-deprecating, and really made it seem like what he was doing was fun, even though I can only imagine when you're doing it at that level, it probably feels like work. So, But he really was somebody that was fun to look up to and watch him and go, Jesus Christ, if I had a half of his talent. I couldn't believe he was only 35. Well, yeah, we watched him grow up as a little kid. Like when he yeah. when he sort of came into it, watching him race at Laguna Seca and everything was just magic. These guys that start at such a young, young, young level, you know, when you give your kid a motorcycle when he's four or five or six years old, and let him go out and compete in the various different classes as you move up, you're going to end up with a rock star. Mm-hmm. And he was a rock star in every sense of the word in our particular weird little world. So yeah, it's too bad, and uh, it is it does tell you that man, you got to be careful. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, enjoy the time on the bike because it seems like the time off the bike is when you're truly at risk. The uh, no fun there. So there's a here's to you, uh, Nikki man. Thanks, uh, thanks for going out and entertaining the shit out of us. I mean, none of us were worthy of uh, what you laid down, and none of us could certainly do it. You you really did impress us, and you managed to you know you managed to put a uh, a challenge up against some of the guys that we thought were unbeatable. And kick their ass on a routine basis. So every time he was out there, he, he made it look fun. So here's to you guys. And uh, with that, remember to please drive fast and take chances. And Johnny McElfresh, sing us out. Oh, wait. Oh, he's not oh, he's here. Not here. It's on the second we, Oh, my God. Oh, we should call him in. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Duh.
Liar tickets for AMA Vintage Days. We're going to be there doing seminars with the Misfits and... Liza, hate this part. Press this button. Liza.